let's jump into the word of God this morning. As I believe he has a word uh, for us as we continue to talk about stories out of the book of Habakkuk. Now, Habakkuk was a, a prophet, was a, a man that uh, he believed, he followed God, he wanted to see God move. And he lived in a time when the people of God, the people of Judah, you could say, ah, were not living for God. They weren't doing it how it should have been done. In fact, Habakkuk is fed up with his people. He's fed up, uh, I would say in their day, maybe kind of like with his church, that, that, that the, the people of Israel were not following God. They were not following his ways. They weren't following the word of God. Instead, they were doing whatever they wanted to do. And so when we look into this story today, uh, we're going to see that. And in fact, today, I just think it seems good. We're going to go through the whole book of Habakkuk. So you can strap in. We'll be here till one or two, but we're going to get through. Just kidding. Just kidding. It's a short book. Uh, however, if you are new uh, and you don't have all the books of the Bible memorized, Habakkuk is one of those you could miss because literally in my Bible, it's on three pages. So even knowing the books of the Bible, you pass over it. So just a little teaching. If you have a Bible, you're new, you can go to the front of your Bible and you can find where it tells you what page. That might be a great way to find Habakkuk in your Bible. Um, but today we're going to look at it a little bit out of each of the three chapters this morning. And we're going to start in Habakkuk 1, verses 1 through 6. It says, The oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw, O Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and you will not hear, or cry to you, violence, and you will not save. Why do you make me see iniquity? And why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. Now, just real fast, that doesn't sound like where you want to be, right? Right? I mean, this is not where we want to be. And some of us in the room, if we think of our country, if we think of our world, we might feel some of these exact same things. In fact, you could just put them in today, maybe with our society and the world that we live in. And uh, Habakkuk is in this place, but these, this isn't just a country or a nation or our world. This is God's people that are living in this way. But the Lord answers in verse 5 and says, Look among the nations and see wonder and be astounded. For I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. And we're going to stop one more time before we read verse 6. Uh, God does things not how we do want them done. Actually, a lot that would be the case. And Habakkuk is crying out for God to do something, to work a miracle in his, in his people, in the people of Judah. He's, he's crying out, Lord God, show yourself. Lord God, move. Lord God, let the law be right and let people look at the law in the right way. Don't let it be paralyzed. And God says, I'm on the move. Don't worry about it. I got you. I got you. All is good. But then in verse 6, this would be horrifying to Habakkuk. I think it's the only way that you could say it. He's crying out to God, and God says, I've got you. Don't worry about it. You're not even going to believe what I'm going to do. And then he tells him. And the other thing we need to remember or, or know is that Habakkuk probably never saw this vision, this, this word take place. It was probably after his death. There are things that we do not understand about God. We've been talking about Abraham the last few weeks, that from the beginning when God told him and gave him a dream, uh, that was 25 years until that dream was fulfilled. We want it today. 
God spoke, God laid it out, God moved, God did whatever, and we're like, now's the time. And sometimes it's, be patient, hold on, wait. And sometimes, as we're about to read, God doesn't do things how we want. In fact, a lot of times, God doesn't do things how we want. We have to be patient and wait on the Lord. Verse 6 says, For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, who marched through the breadth of the earth to see his dwellings, not their own. And it goes on and on. And God says, I'm going to use an evil, hor- basically horrible people, a perverted people, to bring judgment upon his own people to get them to turn back to God. And Habakkuk does not believe that that is what he was asking for. He is a little bit upset, I think is how I would, would say it. He kind of complains to the Lord, you can't, you can't bring them to correct us. Why don't you just correct us? Why don't you just do something? Why don't, why don't you just show yourself? And I think the key that we have to learn today is that God's got you. He will move in your life. He will show up in your life. He will do his work in your life. But the question is, are we willing to say yes to God? Are we willing to say, God, even though I don't like necessarily how you're doing what you're doing, even though I might not appreciate it even, or I might not even understand, how could you use the Chaldeans Chaldeans to to do this and to come and to to bring uh, about your justice? God says, I got it. Just hold on. Just wait. Just be patient. And our response is very important. Just to remind where we were at, what, what the people did. Whether there was iniquity, there was trouble, there was plundering and violence, strife, contention. The law had become powerless. Justice never went forth. Perverse judgment proceeds and goes about. There was trouble, there was sin, there was violence. There were all of these things everywhere. And it looked like God had abandoned, but actually God was in the process of moving. And God was in the process of using people who did not honor him, who did not believe in him, and who in fact were Horrible, I think would be a good word to use. Horrible, their, their laws, who they were, their morals, to bring about correction and judgment on Judah. You know, when I just think about it, it's important to realize it's not our job to understand what he is doing all the time. Uh, if you've walked with the Lord, maybe you've been in that spot. Sometimes we don't understand what God is doing. We don't have to. That's not our job. It's our job to say yes to what he is doing. And when I think about this and the very basis, when I'm thinking of Marysville and planting churches and seeing people come to know Jesus, the very basis of our walk with him is not, Lord, I understand it. I've got it. I know what you're doing. Therefore, I can move forward. Therefore, I can say yes to you. Since it makes sense and it's clear and it's easy, then I'm good to go. Uh, If that's what we want... That's not what this sin-filled life is. But if we are willing to say yes to God, to say in the middle of trial, in the middle of sickness or disease or plague or pandemic, or in the middle of of problems in relationships or or struggles that weren't there in my marriage, and Lord, how do we work this out? Or or struggles, I'm getting old and things things are changing and I don't don't like it, I don't know what it looks like, or with kids or with grandkids or all of the things of life. If I'm not willing to say, Lord, I'm simply going to say yes. I'm simply going to be obedient. I'm simply going to take the step that you call me to take. Then we will live a life of frustration. We will live a life in our spiritual life and in our world that is difficult. But if we as the people of God do and look at the principle of the word and say, Lord, I'm going to say yes to you 
no matter what I feel, no matter what I think, no matter what my personal experience is, I'm going to say yes to you based on your word, based on who you are, based on the fact that you will move and you will show up and you will come through in my life and you will do something in my family and with my kids or with my grandkids. You will show up in my health or you will show up in all of these things of my life. Then we're going to keep moving forward in who he has. And we can truly say and believe God's got you. You can know he's got you. He's holding you. He's with you. But the question is today, before we can think of going out, is do we believe those words? Do you believe that God's got you? In fact, in this moment this morning, my prayer is that we could say yes. My prayer is, Lord Jesus, absolutely, and not just in a word, but in in all that I am. Lord, I believe it. I believe it. Because when we come together and say yes to God, Our individual yeses come and we can do amazing things as his church family, as Radiant Life, as his kingdom church all across the world. We can do amazing things if we are willing to start at the bottom and say yes to God, yes to his plan, yes to I don't have to understand every single little thing. I don't have to know. I don't have to know why. I simply say yes and keep moving forward in who you have me to be. As we look through the word of God, We see principles, we see truth, and we can always know that even if I don't get it in my moment, I can look at his word and believe for what's coming. It's not about God being some hidden God or God being uh, locked away somewhere, but it's about simply submitting to him and walking with him and realizing that in in a microwave sort of a generation, that there's steps, there's process, there's moves, there's, there's things we have to do and submit to God. But when we believe it, he's got you. When you believe that he's got you, we are ready to step into all that he has for us. If you believe that he's got you, then you can believe that God's got this. Whatever your this is, maybe it's something that Habakkuk said. Maybe it's something I mentioned with uh, someone not serving the Lord that's close to you or your finances or, or your health or whatever struggle it may be today. If you believe that God's got you, then you can believe that God's got this, whatever you're walking through, because you're saying, yes, you're on his path. You can trust him. You can rely on him. You can hold on to him. In chapter 2, the first four verses says, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me. And what I will answer concerning my complaint. And once God gave him his word, Habakkuk didn't really like it. And so he complained before the Lord again. Which I do think it's important to realize today that there's times we don't understand. And it's okay to come before the Lord and say, hey God, I don't get it. Hey God, I don't like this. Hey God, I'm not sure about this. As long as, like Habakkuk, we're willing to say, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I say yes to you. Like we've talked with Abraham. He believed, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. Then we are on the right path. But God, we can have a conversation with God and let him speak into the situations of our life. God's response in verse 2, and the Lord answered me. Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by his faith. 
When you believe that God's got this, God's got your situation. It's not you and your strength and your pride and, and having to understand, having to know, having to have every single answer. But it's you saying yes to God. He's got you and he's got this. Then verse 4 can ring true and not in a, the negative and the prideful way. But that the righteous shall live by his faith. Church, today, God's got your this. Whatever it is, whatever it looks like. And church as a, a whole, a collective, when we come together, God has got this. He's got us. He's moving in us. In fact, uh, maybe your life, you have some of the same questions we have. In first service, there were a few people who were honest. They're like, well, if we send out 50 to 75 people to Marysville to launch a campus, that means some of my friends aren't here. That means we need some more people. That means is money, what's that going to look like? Right? Anybody else, you've thought through these things, and you're like, I'm not sure how that's going to look. Any honest people? Pastor Dave, right here on the front. He will say, thank you. There's some others. Good leadership, Pastor Dave. They followed you. Right? There's, there's Lord, I'm not sure what this is going to look like. I don't know the this. How is it going to happen? But when we believe that God has you, then we can believe that God has this, as long as we're saying yes to what he has called us to say yes to. When we think about Radiant Life Church, I believe with all my heart that we're going to launch 10 campuses in 10 years. And that means we are going to see hundreds and actually thousands of people over the next 10 years come into the family and by family come into Jesus, become followers of his. We're going to raise up hundreds of leaders because otherwise you can't have campuses. And I believe that God is going to do something special at Dublin, that we're going to see more and more and more people worship here as we send out more and more and more people to reach different communities in our area. God is a God of multiplication. God is a God that takes our yes when he calls us and expands it and makes what hasn't happened happen because people of faith say, Lord, I'm in. I'm going to take this step with you. And today, not just in church, not our stuff as a collective, but your stuff, the this in your life. If you don't know how, you don't know what it's going to look like, we need more of this, or we need something to change here, this has to look different. Radiant life, if we're saying yes to God, he's got it. He's got you. He knows what you need. And I encourage you to, to commit yourself to study of the word, to commit yourself to prayer, to commit yourself to the Lord, and he will reveal himself to you. Sometimes in a miraculous moment, sometimes in something that blows you away and you're like, that is the coolest thing. And sometimes it's through the consistent walk of faith to take the next step and it might take months or years and all of a sudden you say, my one kid, they know Jesus now. My other kid, my grandkids, my, my in-laws, people around me, all of a sudden we're a Christian family. God's got you. Whatever it might be, maybe today your marriage is struggling and you're, you're not sure what to do. And I believe that if you let God speak to you, what's he going to do? He's not going to change the other person per se, but he'll help you submit. He'll help you to lower yourself and to serve your spouse, the people around you. Maybe in your job, the same thing, to serve those around you. He's got you and he's got your problem. He holds you in the palm of his hand. But Habakkuk, we see a few things that he is called to do and that I believe we as well are called to do in those verses. We're called to see the vision. We have to see the vision. We have to know what God is doing. So if you say, why are we doing this Calibrate Leadership Life Group? Why are you calling it leadership? 
I don't want to be a leader. I don't like that word. You know, whatever it might be. Because we as a church must be together. We must be calibrated to understand. And just so you know, you are a leader. You are alive. You're a follower of Jesus. You're leading someone somewhere. And we want to be sure that we're calibrated as a church of where we're leading them. And as a people individually of where we're leading the people in our work, our family members, the people around us. It's important to see the vision. And that's why Friday night we're going to be talking vision. All nine sessions, we're going to be looking at what God has for us. He then goes on and says that Habakkuk had to make it known. We have to make the word of God known. We've got to make his vision known in the church, good, but outside of the church to the world and the people that know, uh, don't know Jesus yet. Habakkuk was told to write the vision. I believe that is important because it's saying that he had to be in it for the long haul. It wasn't just for him or just for his mind, but it was to be written down and to be shared. The word of God is true. The word of God is powerful. And we must commit to the word of God for the long haul. I mentioned uh, Habakkuk. He probably didn't even get to see this vision come true in his lifetime. Very possible. But it was written down. And when it came true, we still today see that God spoke, God moved. It was written down and he was faithful to fulfill what he promised. And in our lives, it's not just something for our mind, but it's something to write. It's something to hold on to, to live the word, to know the word, to know where he's taking us. And it says, make it plain. Make it easy. Make it something where people can understand. I think we could say it like this, make it simple. <laughs> make it about Jesus. Make it about who he is. And the last is make it practical. We have to progress off the word of God alone. And I believe that as the church, when we think of proclaiming Jesus in our world, we think of all of the things that as Christians we value. Maybe how we live our life, the moral uh, elements, maybe what marriage is or, or the sin elements or whatever they are. And church, can I tell you something? That you know where those conversations are for? It's for church and life groups and to iron sharpen iron with one another. You know where it's not probably helpful to tell the world that they're sinning? is out in the world. You know what we should be doing is talking about Jesus because when they get a relationship and they understand who Jesus is, then all of a sudden he will work with them on their sin and they'll come in and they'll be in our groups and they'll be in our conversations and all of a sudden then we get an iron sharpened iron on them and they all of a sudden say, so you you're saying I shouldn't be living with my girlfriend? You're right, 100%, that's awesome. Or, or you're saying that I can't kind of cut the corners here, or I can't do it this way or... Marriage is biblically and practically uh, between a man and a woman. That's what the principles of the word of God would say. I don't need to do that out there. I need to talk about the goodness of God. Keep it simple. Keep it Jesus. Let God do what God does. And when the people come to know him, guess what? God will keep doing what God does. And he will convict. And he will bring people into alignment with him. And they'll experience him. And inside of the walls, inside of our groups, we're going to talk about sin. We're going to get sin out of our lives. We're going to keep growing. But you know what else? Just on a practical note, there's some people in here. I was talking to the Watkins back there. We've been to church our entire lives together, basically. I, I've never been to church, you know, when you weren't a part of it. We are probably, I hope, I hope we are, a little farther along than someone who gets saved today. 
or last week or two weeks ago, which means we have to have grace with people around us who God has not worked in those areas yet because they haven't been around for 20 years or 10 years or five years or even one year. And so we need to preach Jesus and we need to preach the truth and let God do what God does. Believe that the writing down, the keeping it plain, keeping it practical is vital for us today. It's vital for us. But the big thing that we see in verse 4, the righteous shall live by his faith. I think it all boils down, it all comes to this moment of do we count ourselves as the righteous? Because if so, you are called to live by faith right? That's what you are called to do. Not by understanding every single thing, not by knowledge of knowing every single little thing, which I want to do as good as I can on, but to just live by faith, which means you live by faith. That's what you are called. That's what I am called to do, which means when you are frustrated that you don't know the direction for the next five years of your life or for the next step of your life, I think God's like, I told you you're going to live by faith, which means I told you that you're going to have one step, and then I'm going to get your leg up in the air so you know where to put it. There's faith walk in what we do. Having some conversations with some individuals, they're like, Lord, we want to do what you've called us to do, but don't quite yet know what that is fully. And it's a faith walk. It's a walk where by the week or the day or the year, God shows new and new and new. And I believe some of these conversations are going to get to a place where they've seen, but it's not this week. It's not this month. It's a faith walk to say, Lord, I'm going where you've called me to be. And sometimes as leadership, Pastor Dave's walked it. Sometimes as leadership, just knowing people in the church, following you might be like, man, some people need to get over some stuff. Some people need to get some sin out of their life. Some people need healing in this or this. And guess what? It's a faith walk for the people around us to continually say yes to God. One thing, one step, one moment at a time. As a church family, we are going to love and care for one another. We're going to walk in faith together. We're going to be uh, careful to not push people too hard. Let God push them. We're going to preach the truth and let God do what God does. He's good. He's got you and he's got this. Whatever it is in your life, he has it as we walk by faith. Romans 1.17 is a commentary on the justified man. Hebrews 10.38 is a commentary on faith. Galatians 3.11 is the commentary on the Christian life. Here in Habakkuk, they all say it the same. The just shall live by faith. And that's what we're going to do, church. We're going to live by faith individually in our own realms, in our groups, as our church, and as we launch campuses and see new leaders raised up, see new followers of Jesus. My brother, he asked me this question, uh, kind of was talking about what we're believing. He's like, so how are you going to disciple 2,500 new Christians? That's a lot of new Christians. I'm like, you are 100%. That is the question. That's where we're going. How do we teach foundations class to 2,500 new people in the next 10 years? Because that's what we have to do. How do we get 2,500 new people into groups and into discipleship? It's by taking one step and putting it in front of the other and saying yes to him. It's by coming together as a church, calibrating ourselves to his truth. He's got you. He's got your this. And God's got us. Habakkuk 3.19, the last verse of this book says, God, the Lord is my strength. 
He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. Places. The God of the universe is mighty. And the reason that that verse is super powerful is because of the rest of the chapter. Because the rest of the chapter talks about the bad things and talks about the vines that aren't doing and the, the fields that aren't producing anything. It talks about no figs or vines or fields or flocks. None of those things have it, but only our trust in the Lord God, only our trust in who He is. Today, church, God's got you. God's got your this, and He has us. Because even when things seem crazy, even when there's, there's problems and there's situation, the God of the universe plants our feet. It says He makes my feet like the deer's. We were out at the Grand Canyon this summer. And there's those mountain goats. I find it amazing that these mountain goats somehow are climbing on rocks. They're like jumping. They can do all this crazy stuff. How does a goat, how does a deer, in fact, the deer that we think of in the field, like they, you know, you think of their legs going. But those that are in the mountains, their feet are placed and planted. They can jump from thing to thing where you're like, there's no way. And they land and they're planted and they keep going. And I believe that God, when we're plugged into him in the same way, that's what he does for us. And we start to walk with joy and with peace and with a, a power. We start to walk in a place where we can have a little bit of nimble feet as a church, as individuals. And we come together. And how do we plant 10 campuses in 10 years where we believe God has called us to do? It's by walking in the yes of God. It's by walking in the blessing of God. It's by letting him carry us and plant our feet where he would have them to be. How do you in your life how do you get over and walk through and walk around and get to the other side of what's going on? The, the barrier in your life is by saying, God, you've got it. You've got me. You have us. And you're going to put my feet where you would have them to be. You're going to cause them to dance. You're going to cause them to look like only you can. You're my strength. You're my rock. You're my God. You're my creator. You've got me. You've got this. And you have us as we go into what God has for us. Church, I have never been more excited. Never been more excited. It's a little nerve-wracking to think that here in the fall, 50, 75 are going to be planning a campus and not here on a weekly basis. We'll still be a church family, but down the road. That's frightening. But you know what's not frightening? Thinking of 50 to 75 people that we need and that I believe God's going to bring in that are going to get saved this summer because we're going to need them. We're going to need them. And then more and more and more people getting saved, people getting filled with the Holy Spirit, the, the Word of God multiplying. You know what's a little daunting? Thinking of those 50 to 75 are probably workers. They're servants. They're here. They're plugged in. You know what's exciting, though, on the other side of that? is thinking there's going to be 50 to 75 new leaders that you rise up and you say, I'm a part. I'm not just going to be here, but I'm going to be plugged in. I'm not just going to sit here and drop my kids off, but I'm going to go help in kids ministry. I'm not just going to sit here, but I'm going to be a part of worship team or production or, or making people feel welcome, of, of giving them coffee and, and serving them. Whatever it might be, that is the most exciting thing to me as a pastor because we're growing, we're learning, we're multiplying disciples, leaders, and we're going to start. We're getting the, the multiplication of campuses started. God's church does not need to slip, fall, or plod along, but instead leap into the future knowing He will guide our steps. Church, that's what we're in the process of, is we're moving. We're getting those feet limbo. Lim we're, we're, we're starting. We're ready to see what He wants to do and how He's going to do it. And I'm asking you, 
would you say yes consistently as God speaks to you? Some of you, as he calls you to go be a part of Marysville, a bunch of you, as he calls you to fill those roles, and all of us, as he calls us to be soul winners, to go win one more for Jesus, to do it at your job, to do it where you go have fun and where you go do things, to do it in your family, to do it everywhere that you go, to love people and to pour the grace of God upon them where we see them come into relationship. Not probably because of a Sunday morning sermon, but because you give your life to win one more for Jesus over and over and over. And as you do, and the person next to you, and the person next to them, and next to them, and next to them, there's a multiplication effect of the goodness of God. It's time, church. Here at Radiant Life, it's time for his global church to rise up, to stand up, say, you've got it. God, you've got it. You've got this, and you've got us. This morning, all over the room, if you would, would you just stand to your feet? Maybe you want to raise your hands. Maybe you want to just find whatever that, that posture of, of receiving from the Lord. And this morning, whatever your this is, maybe you need to, uh, something, you need a healing, you need a touch. Maybe you have family members that don't know the Lord. Maybe uh, a job situation or a marriage situation, whatever it might be today. Would you just ask him right now in your own words, Lord, to take that, to, to, to heal, to restore, to make new? Would you ask for that direction, whatever your this is? And I believe as we come together and we let God speak, we let God move, we let his Holy Spirit work in us, then all of us together, we're ready to go. Before we close and as we continue to make this a house of prayer, if there's anybody here that's never given their life to Jesus, all you have to do to become a part of his family is just to use your mouth and to say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me of my sin. Make me new. I repent of my past and I turn. I give my life to you. In your own words, you can do that right now. And the Bible says that all of heaven rejoices with one person who gives themselves to Jesus. So this morning, I encourage you, if you've never done that, right now is your moment. And as a church, let's give him everything because God's got you. He's got this and he has got us. So Lord, this morning we come before you and we thank you that you, even in this moment, I believe, are working miracles. Even in this moment, I believe, you are working and putting our lives and relationships back together. Even in this moment, you are making new where something was old. You're making something new out of something that's been broken or hurt or something even in our life that is, has been wounded. You're making it new. Lord, that miracles are happening. Healings are happening. Lord, that you're behind the scenes even now. Lord, let us walk by faith. Let us walk as you would have. We are the just, so we walk by faith today to say yes to you. And Lord, as a church, we say yes. We say we are so excited about this multiplication that is happening. Lord, we're excited. And as we give your truth to the world around us, we're believing that by the fall, 50 to 75 new people are here with us. God, because they've given their lives to you. We're praying for 50 to 75 new people in Marysville, Lord, beyond who we send, that have given their lives to you, God. We're praying, Lord Jesus, that even in, in September, when we begin to launch, Lord, that you begin to lay the next place, the next daycare, what community we can get into, God. Lord, that you would do your work, and Lord, we're excited to say yes to you. So, Lord, personally, and as we collectively are the body of Christ, we're Radiant Life Church, part of the global church. Lord, we say yes to you and are excited 
about moving forward. We're excited about the change that is coming because it represents hundreds, even thousands of people who are going to give their lives to you that are going to make it to heaven because we were willing to say yes to put our stories together and see the story that you're writing, God. We thank you, we praise you, and we worship you today. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Love you all. Thank you for being a part of Radiant Life Church this week. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. Have a good one.